wants to be in the house of the Lord. I tell you, uh, I want to share a song that is really in my heart today. Um, thank you. Uh, you know, the heart of God is always for His people to worship Him. I requested Todd to, to put the lyrics on the monitor. So, you can follow me, and if you can, because this is a very, very popular song. Probably you are reminded again of this song today, The Heart of Worship. And I know that, you know, God really pleases, you know, God is pleased when all His children uh, worship Him. to bring to dream something that's so poor that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm so relieved for the friends I've made it. And it's all about you. Oh, think about you. In open this world, no one could express how much you deserve. Though I'm weak and poor, all I have is yours, every single breath. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is what that you have required. You search much deeper within. The way things appear, you're looking into my heart. Come on, sing with me, please. I'm coming back to the heart of worship, and it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. I'm so relieved for the things I've made it, and it's all. It's all about you, Jesus. 
this first song called Teach Me a Little Bit because as a child I had recurring nightmares because I had a father crazy childhood like a lot of people have had and uh, and so I didn't have a good foundation and that's what this song talks about you can have a good foundation when you meet the Lord sometimes it's the first time you've ever heard the truth and you're like
tell you, you need to wake up. And Satan's going to attack. And then he said, he said, I want you to put on your garments. And, and we, we're going to get to the garments in a minute. He said, but then, then shake the dust. He shakes themselves from the dust off their feet. You need to get yourself, and you need to shake yourself, and you need to wake up because you're fixing to go into battle. And then he said, the Lord will soon make them to know his name in verse 6. In verse 9, he said, I want you to sing together. You can't sing together if you're at your house. Hello? You can't sing together if you don't come together. You need to depart from evil. It says in verse 11, verse 10, he said, he will make there his holy arm. In other words, you are going to see God's strength if you just open up your eyes and see what he's inducing you in time of battle. And then in verse 12, he says, He will go before Israel and be their reward. He will go before them and He will be behind them. If you remember the children of Israel when they were fleeing from Egypt and they headed to the Red, the Red Sea, they had, they had a, a cloud of smoke in front of them and they had a fire behind them. At night they had a fire. They had mountains on the left of them. They had mountains on the right. They came to the Red Sea and they said, Look, you have brought us to our doom. And Moses said, I want you to stop and I want you to see the salvation of the Lord. Let me tell you something. In your worst time, God says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I will always be there for you. Somebody say amen to that. We want to give up too easy. Covenant. 
went out uh, continually and blew with the trumpet, and the armed guard went before them, but the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord while the priest continued blowing the trumpet. In First Samuel, it says in 29, verse 2, And the lords of the Philistines passed in review by hundreds and by thousands, but David and his men passed in review at the rear of the priest, at the rear guard. Isaiah 52, verses 12, verse 4, For ye shall go, God, go out with haste. God goes by flight, our, our, our text this morning. For the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will go and be your rear guard. Isaiah 58, 8, it says, Daniel, your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. God said, I will always be there for you, whether in front of you or behind you. I will always cover you and protect you. Somebody say amen. Over and over, but that does not mean you have, don't you, you can't fight for yourself too, because he's going to be there to protect you. He said, as long as they, they fought physically, sometimes you might have to fight physically, but God says, I'm going to be right there by your side when you're fighting. I'm going to be there for you. In Deuteronomy chapter three, verses twenty-one and twenty-two, we have this, and I commanded Joshua at that time, saying, Your eyes have seen all that the Lord your God has done to these two kings. So will the Lord do to all the kingdoms through which you pass? You must not fear them, for the Lord your God himself fights for you. Let me tell you something. Listen to me. Is everybody in here a child of God? Have you been born again? You have been blood-bought, blood-washed by Jesus Christ. That means that you are a child of God. Is that not correct? You are now a seed of a, of a child. You are God's children, just like the children of Israel was God's children. You are now a child of God. Is that not correct? So that means that you have the same promises, you have the same blessings that God gave Israel. They are for you. And when you read the Word of God, you can put your name in places, and that while you're reading, you, you put, make it personal. That means for you, God will supply all Genesis needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Because He will. Let me ask you something. As parents, when your child asks for something that you know that they need, do you receive it from them? As parents, do you receive that need from, from your children? This is yes, this is no. This is all your choice. Do you receive them? I want them to say yes or no. Yes. Do you receive them? But are you not a child of God? And don't you know He will not refuse your request? Because there is a stipulation. There is a condition. And the condition is found in Matthew 6, 33. 
taking place the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things that are added unto you. If you don't seek God first, it's not really going to happen. It's really taking time away from Him. And you're going to have it. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 1 through 4. It says, When you go out to the battle against your enemies, and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, he says, Don't be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you. He brought you up from the land of Egypt, so it shall be when you are at, when you are on the verge of a battle, that the priest shall approach and speak to the people, and they shall say, Hear, O Israel, today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let your heart faint. Do not be afraid. Do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is He who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Somebody say Amen. Listen to me. That promise is yours. I said that promise is yours. You don't fight your battle by yourself. You might have to fight, but God says, I'm going to be with you to fight that battle. Because He is your reward. If we are in a warfare, we are in a warfare, and we are going to continue to be in a warfare until we walk to the third world. As I told you, he came to me this morning, and he, he, he asked me a question. I said, look, as long as you're in this flesh, as long as you are in this flesh, my Bible tells me that the flesh wars against the spirit. This flesh will never be saved. Are you hearing me? This flesh will never, ever be saved. The only time it's going to be cured is when it goes through the third world. As long as you're here on this earth, I, I, I'm going to tell you right now, you, you're going you're to falter and you're going to fail. But I thank God, and this, and this is my view, I thank God for, for the first John 1 9. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And that's what I said from Scripture again. But I know a lot of times I stumble and I stump my toe and I fall. But God says, pick yourself up, dust yourself off. Anybody here says you don't fall and you don't sin? You're a liar. The Bible says you're a liar. We're going to make mistakes. But you don't hit some of your faces. If you read it. 1 Corinthians 9 7 says this word. We're in a warfare. Whoever goes to war at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not eat, eat of its fruit, or who tends a flock and does not drink uh, uh, the meal of the flock. Listen, while you're in this flesh, you're going to have a, you're going to have a battle. Satan's going to make sure you have a battle. Why? Because you at one time said, I do to Jesus Christ, and the moment you said, I do to, I do to Jesus Christ, you became an enemy of Satan. Satan had a, at that moment and at that time, has a hatred for you. He said, I am going to destroy you come, come hell or high water. I am going to try to destroy you. And that's why I said in the beginning, if Satan is not on your back, then you're not a threat to him. You're not a threat to him. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, he says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. In other words, tearing down imaginations that we put into your mind. I had a good talk with Stacy while I go. Uh, and she was just about, about this revival and about how God has 
helped her in, 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 in a lot of ways that because God had gave her a gift, a new job, and yet Satan continued to attack her. That's why he's attacking her, because she answered his prayer. And Satan did this, and Satan doesn't want you happy. Satan doesn't want you joyful. Satan wants you disgruntled. Satan wants to discourage you. Satan wants you to be down in the dump and have the mud rubbed and walk around with a lemon stuck in face all the time. And I see a few of them here this morning. How many say I had the, the joy of the Lord in my heart? Come raise your hand. I had the joy of the Lord in my heart. Raise your hand. Raise them high. Get the kink out of the elbow. Some of them, some of you need to notify your face. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor. That's what I said over there. You're exposing yourself. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Does they, everybody know what the wiles of the devil mean? Who does not know what that means? The wiles of the devil. How many ever watched the cartoon of the coyote? Against the message of the devil. That's why they called him Wiley Coyote. His wild, his method, his scheme to get, to, you know, to get the baby out. Against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood.
upset about Satan. Her day is not going right. So Satan will use her to forge an argument with me. Just like he will with you and your spouse, you and your children, you and your boss, you and your family, whatever. Because the Bible tells me that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, that's one, against powers, that's two, against the rulers of darkness, that's three, and against uh, uh, age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Four different levels of demons that you have to argue against. That's not what you want to argue. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all stand. After you have done all the what? After you have done all the what? One more time. Let God fight your battle. First Corinthians chapter one, verse eighteen says this forward. I commit to you some things. According to the prophecy previously made concerning you, and by them you may wage the good warfare. Let me tell you something. You will stay in a warfare with Satan until you leave this world. What did God do in that situation? A what is a real war? What did what does a real war do in our situation? Number one, he guards from hidden danger, and the real war protects from attack from from the rear. For instance, Amalek in, in, in Deuteronomy chapter twenty-five, verses seventeen and nineteen. He said, "Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you were coming out of Egypt. How he met you on the way and attacked your rear your rear rank." All the stragglers at your rear, and you were tried and weary, and he did not fear God. Therefore, it shall be when the Lord your God has given you rest from your enemies all around, and the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess as your inheritance, that you will blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. You shall not forget. He guards you against the hidden danger, and if something happens, God said, "I'll remember." Against me, but the Lord stood with me and strengthened me, so that 
so that the message might be preached fully through me, and that all the Gentiles might hear, and I was delivered out of the mouth of lions. Let me tell you something. God said, even in defeat, and even when you have been defeated or you feel defeated, God says, I'm going to be there to strengthen you, to lift you up, to help you get over this hump.
Satan had won, God had earned it. So if he puts one against you, that means angels and God's not going to help you. Or you can choose them. Three things.